Hi, I'm Glenn Gilliam, and you're listening to Brothers on Tennis. Yo, yo, yo. What's up, everybody? This is your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we are Brothers on Tennis. And folks, we got some live tennis. I'm excited. Bryce. (laughs) Bryce. We had live tennis. We've got live tennis. How are you feeling about this, bro? What is, what's up? I'm feeling good, but, you know, one of the things that I've noticed is that my whole sleep schedule has started (laughs) to transition uh, (laughs) so that I'm on the same time frame as the other side of the world. Right. Um, But I'm like you. It's just good to have tennis going again, and uh, I'm really recognizing how much free time I had on my hands before the (laughs) tennis came back. (laughs) (laughs) I know that's right. But brother, I don't know though, because given the fact that they doing the Del Rey thing, it's like almost 24 seven. Cause it's funny how it's like once Abu Dhabi wraps up, then it's like, okay, a little, little break. And then here come Del Rey beach. Yeah. And, you know? So I, I don't know about you, but yeah, this weekend, a brother did not get much sleep. I'm going to just let you know, right? Now. <laughs> it, it, it didn't happen, but real quick, my man, before we start chopping it up about the tennis, I want to make sure that our listeners out there in podcast land know that we are recording this show on what is called locker room, locker room and locker room is what it is the one and the only live audio social network for sports fans. So, yo, folks, if you don't know about Locker Room, you got to get hip to it because we are recording on Locker Room. If you want to come and chop it up with us, you know, you know, live and, and real time, get your Locker Room app and come join us. It also allows you to do things like starting your own room. So if you there, say, for instance, you decided you wanted to see, uh, talk about a specific tennis match. Yo, you could start up a room. You could get get that started and actually chop it up with others in regards to a specific sport and a, spe- a specific event. So make sure that you are, are are jumping on the bandwagon, folks, and download that locker room app. It is available in the Apple App Store. And uh, yeah, don't don't sleep on it, right, Bryce? No, do not sleep on it. I'm right there with you. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, brother, man, this tennis man. It's it's been it's been in my opinion pretty darn outstanding. It's been really good. What's been your opinion thus far? I agree, and you know one of the things that I have to try to kind of watch myself on is, you know, you see the names, and you know you, you think in your mind, okay, this person should be beating this person, and mm-hmm. you know based upon ranking and all that, but. You have to remember that these players are, you know, they're coming in having not played, you know, once again, being on long breaks, you know, you don't know what their practice ability has been. And, um, and so, you know, when you have that kind of a situation, you're going to have upsets. Yes. And, and, you know, some of the people who you think might be coming through might not be coming through. So I think we've seen a little bit of that happening you know, this week. And I, I just wanted to start off with the, what is it, the Antella Open yes. uh, and, and Turkey. Because when you looked at that draw and you saw the people that were in the draw, you know, you mm-hmm. kind of said, oh, well, this should be a Berrettini and go find finals, pretty much. Maybe right. Dim, Demiura might do a little something, but really there's nobody else in there. And next thing we knew, Bublik, <laughs> had taken out Berrettini, you yep. know, and, you know, uh, our boy Chardy from France, you know, took out Struth. Yep. 
And uh, the bottom half of the draw has been a little more, you know, to form. But uh, these are the type of things we're going to see, I think, for a little bit. And I think they're trying to work these things out before the Australian Open starts. Uh, I agree. I think that, and especially coming off of the 2020 season, you know, and year that we had. I mean, there's just there was so much up and down and players weren't able to build that level of consistency. There's still a lot of confusion as it relates to how we're starting off the year and what's going to happen with the Australian Open, which, of course, we'll chop it up and talk about as well, because there's still a lot um, of drama tied to uh, what's supposed to happen with the Australian Open and the other tournaments surrounding it. But, yeah, I think it just allows for a level of uh, inconsistency, if you will, for all of the players. And it's really, I think it still kind of goes back to what you and I have talked about, which is that mental fortitude. It's like how many of the folks are really able to deal with the, you know, deal with the lack of consistency and still be able to play their best tennis. And I just think even coming off of last year, you know, we've talked about Berrettini and I think even Paul kind of bust on him and said, you know, just he didn't seem motivated and find something to motivate you and this, that and the other and. I just think that, you know, that's showing itself as far as that mental piece of it um, when we're seeing some of these losses, because I just think that it's based on a lot of the inconsistency that we're seeing uh, just across the board. But, um, yeah, it's crazy, man. So with this Intella Open, you know, let's kind of talk about how we see this one ending up. So we're we're in the semifinals. Yes. And we have Bublik Mm -hmm. up top playing Chardy. Yep, and then at the bottom we have Dimignor playing Goffin. So how do you see this working its way out? Yeah, so for me, bro. So Jeremy, I like Jeremy Chardy, um, but and 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 mind you, he just barely squeaked out that victory over Struff. I mean, he won ten uh, eight in the third set tiebreaker. So you know, I feel like he just scraped his way through. Bublik is crafty, and he's just very heady. And I honestly feel like him beating Berrettini is going to be something that's, you know, pretty uh, – uh, he, he'll be happy about that. And I think that that's going to allow him to then uh, get over uh, Shardy because he just has, to me, a lot of firepower that I'm not sure Jeremy Shardy is going to be ready for. So <laughs> I, I, I personally think that Bublik, uh, Bublik will make it out of that one and into the final. And in truth, I, I just – I don't know. To me, Alex Menar he to me is just someone he is kind of like a better version of Leighton Hewitt in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) I just wasn't really the biggest fan of Leighton Hewitt just because of all the come-ons and all the on-court kind of stuff but Alex DiMenar is just kind of a very quiet but yet very intense individual and I really like that kid and I do I I believe he's going to to get past uh, David Goffin and I actually believe he'll win the tournament. So, uh, but what do you, what are you thinking? What are you seeing on those two semis in the final? You know what's very interesting? I could play you know the whole devil advocate's role probably on both sides of this draw. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I, I so first of all I agree with you up top. I do think Bublik will probably get past Shardy, but then there's this other side of me that says a lot of times when you have a player that has a big upset like he did taking out a Berrettini, the top mm-hmm. seed, they right. sometimes have a letdown in that next right. round. Right. And Shardy is a veteran. And not only did he just squeak past Struth, he squeaked past Fonini too this week. 
That's true. Yeah. So he he kind of has a nice groove going. He is not going to be rattled by a close match. And um, so although I'm siding with you that, you know, I'm probably 60-40 with mm-hmm. Bublik, mm-hmm. I would not be surprised to see Shardy pull this out either. Gotcha. On the bottom half, I'm telling you what, that's going to be a match. Demon yeah. Yarn against GoFan, because if you look at their past, they have both been very dominant. I mean, I know GoFan lost that first set in his uh, first match against a bear, but then he still ended up giving him a bagel in the third set. <laughs> right. Um, and he's been feeding people every round. I don't know if you, you were paying attention. Uh, GoFan has a new coach. I don't and know. So, I didn't know that. Who's yeah. his new coach? Mm-hmm. Oh. But they, <laughs> but they were talking about, <laughs> they were talking about his, um, you know, go fan being hyped going into this year with the new coach. So, you know, where I think Demon Yar has probably more firepower. Mm-hmm. We know go fan if he digs in is very difficult to beat. Yeah. Uh, so. I can wimp out and just go with what you said, <laughs> but I'm going to just, I'm just going to raise the flag and say, Hey, I, I did say go fat and Chardy could win those matches. <laughs> I, I, I will say this though. Yeah. I think whoever comes out of the bottom half between Demignor and go will win the tournament. Gotcha. Yeah, and I and I feel like that as well because I do feel like when you're thinking about Bublik and or Shardy, I would say of the four, those are probably the two f- that are probably mentally, I would say, are are you know the third and fourth, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so so yeah, I I agree with you. I think that whoever comes out of the top half, I still believe that whoever the bottom half uh, produces will win the tournament. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. So yeah. That is one of two men's tournaments that's going on this week. Yes. The, the second men's tournament uh, is here in the U.S., probably for a lot of these players that were already in Florida uh, practicing in the area. The Delray Beach Open. And mm-hmm. as of right now, we have three of the four semifinalists. Right. So right. up top, we have out of nowhere – Christian Harrison, the and, younger and, brother of Ryan Harrison. Yeah, and and let me and let me ask you this question, Bryce, because to me this is sure. just a, f- a fun question. So you know, mm-hmm. you know how I feel, and I know how you feel about Ryan Harrison. How do we feel about Christian Harrison? Though the same way, <laughs> the same way they brothers. It's the same way, and, and okay. I hate and I hate that because they're both from Shreveport, Louisiana. You know, right. my hometown. Right, but. They're they're just that 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 stereotype of that American arrogant American male tennis player who really doesn't even have the the results to be arrogant. Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, now Christian, I've always felt like Christian was probably a little more naturally talented. Like Ryan was the workhorse, right? He's the older brother, you know. He he's your Venus, right? I hate to right. Well, um, yeah. Christian, <laughs> the younger brother, had more talent, but unfortunately, Christian has been hit by the injury bug. 
Right. Uh, and I guess that's why I was not sure how to feel about Christian, because when they ran down his list of injuries with the hip and the femur and all, I mean, dude has been through, a, I mean, what, eight or nine surgeries and he's only like right. six. I, that, that's a lot. That's a lot. So right. I, I was, I felt a little bit for him. I have to say, I felt just a little bit for him. Just a little mm-hmm. bit. Well, that's all right. You ain't going to have to feel much more about him because he's going to get took out the next round by her couch. <laughs> so, I mean, you know. I, yeah, you be going to get in there. Yeah, yeah he, can do cancel his, he can cancel his hotel stay after tomorrow night. But, <laughs> you know, that was a, you know, I mean, he beat nobody in the first round, but, you know, that was a good win over Garin, even though this yeah. is not Garin's, you know, favorite surface, favorite surface at all. Right. right. Still, he's a quality player, and he was the top seed, so that was a right. very good uh, win for Harrison. Harrison yeah. also got to take out that uh, is it that Mager or Major, the yeah. one who took out his brother, took out Ryan in the first round. Correct. But like we said, so that's a, this is this is prop, this is the best result on the on the men's tour that Christian has ever had. He's yeah. never won two uh, matches consecutively in a main draw. And like I said, it's going to end here because he's coming up against uh, Hubert Herkic, who. I'm telling you what, I still think he's one of the players of the future. He has a big mm-hmm. game. Yep. Uh, he has a good mind about him uh, with the game. He's been uh, progressing pretty easily through this tournament. And Harrison is just not the quality of opponent that can threaten him. I, well, and I would agree with that. I think Hubie uh, just has a natural heaviness about his game and his shots. Um, and, of course, we saw – and he's riding a lot of confidence as well because, of course, at the end of last season, he paired up with Felix uh, uh, Ajiali Asim to win the doubles at the Paris uh, yep. Paris Masters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that you've got a 1,000-level – you know, even – regardless, it's a doubles, but still it is a Masters 1,000 that you got a trophy for. Uh, that gives you a lot of confidence. So I see him definitely riding that wave. And, yeah, I agree with you. I think that he's going to smack up uh, Christian a little bit uh, in this next match here. And so that puts him into the finals. But let's talk about that bottom half of the draw, right? Yeah. And we're going to go all the way down to the bottom because I'm telling you, who might be our first American male to really do something on the tour in quite a while, Mm -hmm. may be Sebastian Corda. Right. Um, he is really starting to show some consistent and strong results. Um, he took out, you know, Quan in the first round. He showed mm-hmm. Tommy Paul what time it was in the <laughs> next round. And, 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 and thank goodness <laughs> he just checked John mm-hmm. Isner, um, yeah. again. And remember, he beat John Isner at the French. That's right. That's right. So, so yeah, he was like, I know your game. I see. I've, been, I've seen this serve before. Exactly. So uh, Corda is uh, in the semifinals in the bottom. And and for those of you that may not know, Sebastian Corda, although he is an American, uh, his father is the tennis great Peter Corda, who won the Australian Open, Mm -hmm. uh, who is originally from Czechoslovakia. Who's and his his mother, I forget her name, but she was a top 30 women's player herself. And, oh, by the way, we just saw Sebastian Corda training with Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf. So Uh he got the right people in his quarter, and his game is looking really nice. Now, who he's going to face 
and the semifinals hasn't been determined yet because right now Francis Tiafo is playing Cam Norrie. Now Cam Norrie gave him a bagel in the first set, and I, I didn't get a chance to see that. I don't know what that's all about. Right. But they are three all in the second set. I really hope Tiafo pulls this out because I thought Tiafo he's been looking really good this week. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see that American matchup of of uh, Tiafo and Corda, but Cam Nori ain't nothing to play with, right? Right, right. I, you know, I mean, outside of that uh, <laughs> that shovel backhand that he has, he really actually <laughs> he actually has a really nice game. He covers the court well. He has that lefty swing that he uses really, really nicely. And uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cam Cam has got a solid, solid game, and, and he's a and he's a fighter. He competes. Um, so that is definitely not going to be uh, an easy uh, uh, a match uh, for Tiafo, as we saw based on based on that first set score. Um, but you know, Tiafo can be can be a slow starter at times, and I'm assuming that this is one of those instances. So hopefully, right. uh, he will get himself back on track and will uh, at least make the match competitive. And of course, I'm hoping that he will he will uh, get through this and, and get to that semifinal. Because I, I tell you what, I mean, really good things have been been happening for, you know, Tiafo. I mean, again, he gets the Sportsmanship Award for 2020 at the Arthur Ashe Sportsmanship Award, mm-hmm. um, which means a lot. I mean, that is that is an incredible thing. You know, the whole rack is down, uh, hands up. Um, I mean, he's been doing so much from a from a social perspective that I feel like it's it's again similar to Osaka, but maybe not on the same level. But it's maturing him, or it's kind of forcing him to mature a bit. And I think that is translating onto what you're seeing on the court for him. And uh, it's it's good to see, man. I just I just want him to continue riding the wave. I was kind of shocked. I was watching Tennis Channel, and they were asking the analysts kind of like, "Who's your pick to be like the number one ranked American?" at the end of 2021 and Lizzie Davenport stepped out there and was like, I expected to be Francis Tiafo. I was like, mm-hmm. what? I was like, see, Lindsay, that's why I like you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, I mean, who else would you pick? Yeah. I mean, it, it, you know, it's going to really depend on kind of how the year goes. Um, and I agree with you. I think they're all kind of bunched right in that little that little space there. And I agree with some of the other ones. Cause you know, of course, Paul is going to pick uh, uh, Taylor Fritz because he coaches oh. him. So, you know, he picked him, um, you know, and I know you always laugh at me on this, but of course I think John Wertheim picked uh, Riley Opelka. Oh. Um, and and it's, <laughs> I think it's going to depend on how these individuals come out the gates, um, how they can kind of keep their mental focus going, if you will, throughout the year. Because there is going to continue to be some ups and downs. And I think even right. uh, Lindsay Davenport was talking about that. These first six months are not going to be normal. They, You know, even with everything, the vaccines out, blah, 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 it's not going to be normal. We're seeing that with the Australian Open. So the, the schedule is still going to be very up and down. It's not going to be, you know, your normal standard tennis schedule. So they're going to have to work through that. And I think that the people who are most mentally uh, solid will be able to kind of get through that. And really their ranking will show that. So I, it, it just depends for me. I, I, I still am on the, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with, with uh, Francis because I think he like, again, I think winning that sportsmanship award is, is huge. And as well as again, having someone like Wayne Ferrer in your, in your coaching box who is just an outright, you know, just beast as it relates to how he competed and his workmanship, that to me should 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 help 
translate some good results for Francis. But anyway, I'm talking a lot. What do you think, brother? No, no, I agree. And I think that was part of the reason they brought Wayne Fleur into the camp was to help with that mental side of his game, especially shot selection. And to me, that's always been like a problem of the American players. Weak backhands and shot selection. And um, I think, you know, Tiafo, when I... You know, and I'm, I I don't know, nobody makes me an authority on on tennis talent, but I just feel he's the most naturally talented out of of the bunch. Um, And I feel like I see a maturation happening in his game uh, with shot selection, uh, being able to pull the trigger right, starting to develop points instead of just one, two bang. Um, That's why I'm hoping he pulls this match out because Honestly, I want to see that Tiafo Cordum matchup. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. to me, and and if we do get that Corda Tiafo matchup, I'm picking them to, whoever wins that to win the tournament. Right. I, 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 and if and if Nori happens to beat Tiafo, uh, I expect Corda to beat Nori. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. I, to be honest with you, I, I'm still leaning towards Hubie, if I'm being a, completely honest, as far as winning the whole thing, um, her catch. Because, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. like I said, I, I just really feel like that 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 Masters doubles title is is got him pretty hyped, and he's he's been doing some good stuff off uh, off uh, you know when they uh, jumped in the off season. So I, I'm I'm kind of putting my coins in his bucket right there. But of course, you know I would be elated if Francis were able to take this title and or quarter. To be very honest with you, because Savvy Quarter, that, that brother, he's good, man. Yes. He's really good, and um, I can see why he, why you know, he's meeting and, and practicing with your Andre Agassi's and your Stephanie's and you know, st- you know Stephanie Agassi, um, <laughs> right? I mean, because the kid has got some skills, and you can tell he's a big, big kid. He actually, frame-wise, reminds me of, of course, Sasha Zverev, but hopefully mm. he'll have the right mind and, and you know, just <laughs> mental. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to bust on him, but I'm just telling the truth. you know i mean hopefully his mind is right and he will be able to grow into a very solid champion and and all this other drama and stuff won't surround him as it is with zverev um yeah so i don't know if that was a segue or not but anyway that'll be uh that no that's good and and so for our listeners i mean those are two really good men's you know, tournaments to kind of keep your eye on. But as far as I'm concerned, they were just appetizers for talking about this women's tournament that's going on. <laughs> yes. Let's transition to the Abu Dhabi Women's Tennis Open because that's Ooh. where the party's at. Fire. <laughs> Fire, y'all. That's what's been keeping me up, Bryce. I, I can't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> look, look, y'all. We knew that this was going to be a good tournament. Well, first of all, it's a 500-level tournament, so right. you've got some quality players. We came in with, you know, in the draw, Sofia Kennan and Fitalina and Pliskova and Sabalenka, Muguruza, Rybakina, uh, Vondrasova. I mean, these are, you know, some all very solid players. And, okay, so let, let's start at the bottom of the draw because the top of the draw is where the party was really That's at. where the fire is, exactly. That's where the fire is at. So in the bottom half, you know, we saw, you know, a lot of early losses by uh, some people. We saw Vondra Sova lose in the first mm-hmm. round. We saw your girl, to Jen my Brady. Like I, 
like I said, she's every other tournament. Right. So, right. you know, maybe she's trying to trend well for the Australian. Um, <laughs> so she went out in the first round. But I tell you what, that, that's a dancer. That's is a dancer. She, she, yes. She's somebody to watch out for in the future. She got some game. So I don't know if it's a horrible loss, I would say, for her to lose to Zidane Chick. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I really like her, her game. Uh, she, she's, yeah. Anyway, that's enough. <laughs> well, no, that, that's fine. Um, and then, you know, Pushkova, you know, we knew in the offseason, Sasha joined her coaching staff. So we got excited when she won her first round. But then... <laughs> Gasanova showed her what time it was in that next round. <laughs> yes, she did. <laughs> Gave her a whole biscuit. She was like, "No, right. girl, get out of here." Yeah, so she got you know put out, and uh, and just last night, uh, Svitolina, you know, mm-hmm. lost to Kudermatova. Yeah, Kudermatova and... was like, "I I have played you before. Your game does not impress me. I am going to take <laughs> you out again." <laughs> <laughs> You know, so, you know, although we have two women that have played well this week, I don't think anybody would have gone into this tournament thinking in the bottom half of the draw that Kudramatova and Kasiak, that they would be the two semifinalists. No, wouldn't have gone in. But I tell you what, Bryce, that Kasiak. We probably going to need to talk about her a little bit more because she she's that one that I believe what was it didn't she play Naomi Osaka in the U.S. Open and, and took her to three sets? She's a teenager. I think she's like seventeen, maybe eighteen at this point. She's she's somebody we need to look out for because I feel like she is doing some things and she got some undercover uh, fire that we we might not be recognizing. But I'm I'm a hold back. We're gonna wait and see some more results come in from her, but. I'm I'm wondering if she's she might just be the real deal. We'll have to see on that though. All right. Well, between the two of them, they got one more win left. Because, <laughs> right. <because laughs> who, the winner of this tournament is coming from the top half of the draw. Ooh. And let's talk about that top half. Uh, you know, so first of all, the number one seed was the defending Australian Open champion, uh, Sophia Kennan. Yes. But before we get to her demise, let's 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 talk about who took her out. And that <laughs> is Maria Sakari. And I'm trying to tell y'all, Maria Sakari is not trying to play with these chicks this year. <laughs> she she's she not trying to play with them. Just like we've gone out here and said Osaka is going to have a good year this year. I'm putting Sakari on that train too. She not trying to play with them. And let's talk about what she did real quick. You know, she Potapova, she moved her aside in the first round. Right. And then she, she told Coco Golf in the next round she needed to stay in school. <laughs> and then she went and got up on Muguruza in the next round and said, Nope, not on my watch. Not on and me. Then after taking a whole biscuit from Kennan in the first set, she said, Take your oompa loompa butt behind <laughs> on and I'm going to give you this breadstick and this bagel and say, go on somewhere. I'm telling you, Sakari is in the semifinals with some very, very impressive wins this week. She's looking great. What do you think, Isaac? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, that's 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 it, man. I mean, she is definitely coming with, you know, she, she's bringing fire. She's like, y'all, I don't know what you did on the offseason, but I know what I did, and I put in work. And I am going to let y'all know just what all of that work has resulted in. And she has coming out, she has come out and just put folks on blast. I mean, 
I just it, it has been incredible just watching how she's been playing and watching how she is kind of changing up her game style. She beefed up her for her serve. Her serve is just really strong now. Mind you, she did have a lot of double faults. In fact, she had more double faults than Coco Golf in the match, which was very interesting. But at the same time, she also had more aces. Um, mm-hmm. she's, going, she's going for her shots, man. And she is playing just lights out tennis. And it, and it really works on this particular surface because they are fast, hard courts uh, that they're playing on. And, uh, man, I mean, she, she, she looks incredible. She really, really does. And to, to grab a hold of Sophia Kennan and snatch her around and be like, here, take this bagel and get off my court. Um, <laughs> Listen, that that's that's yeah, that she's she's confident, y'all. She's confident and she looks good. And uh I'm, and, I'm yeah. And shout out to Tom Hill, her coach, you know, someone we like to follow. I mean, he yes. has done an amazing job uh with her and so we that future is real bright. Now, who she's going to meet in the semifinals is your girl Sabalenka. Mm-hmm. And he, let me tell you what, Sabalenka had some, some good wins. I mean, she beat Hercotch and Tomlanovich, and I was really impressed with her beating Jabur because Jabur has all that variety in her game, and that can kind of sometimes throw people off, mm-hmm. especially when Sabalenka likes to hit to the fence a lot of times. Right. But I honestly thought last night in the quarterfinals, going into the quarterfinals, that she was going to lose because she was playing Rabakina. And if y'all had been watching Rabakina all week, Rabakina <laughs> was looking like, I don't know. I, it's, I hadn't seen a woman hit that hard, that consistently in a very, very long time. Yeah, that's a, and, that's a Lindsay Davenport hit yeah, right there. I mean, I was, I was really, really impressed. And I was thinking, you know what? She may take Sabalenka out because all those Sabalenka hits, you know, really as hard as she does. Sabalenka has a tendency sometimes to kind of go off the mm-hmm. rails, right? Mm-hmm. And and you have to start handing out helmets to the people that are sitting in the front row. <laughs> um, right. Uh, you know what I'm saying? But I was so impressed that Sabalenka, her defensive skills, her ability to keep the ball in play and to continue being super, super aggressive. I, right. I was really impressed by Sabalenka because most people would have still lost to Rabakina last mm-hmm. night. Oh, for and, sure. And she didn't. So this, um, let me speak on it, Rabakina and, and, and Sabalenka. And so it's funny that you, yeah, and I agree with what, what you have, have said, Bryson. Here's what's interesting to me when I was really thinking about that matchup. So Rabakina is just, her game is just big, like we've talked about. Her game is very, like Lindsay Davenport, just very clean ball striker. She has a big game. She doesn't necessarily have an aggressive game. That, to me, is very different. Mm. Sabalenka has an aggressive game. To me, she is the one that kind of went into that matchup and was like, I'm going to go for my shot. So if I see an opening, I'm going to try and crush it. Whereas I believe Rabakina was more or less just using her big game as it was. And she tried to ramp it up here and there. A couple things that I saw which were really interesting kind of in the beginning was I felt like she was a bit hesitant to go down the line. Whereas if, mm. if Sabalenka saw that down the line open, you better know she was hitting it. And she was making it. Right. And like you said, it's just on the day with Sabalenka, because she is an aggressive player, 
Some days, if it's on, you're not going to be able to beat her. But if it's off, like I said, get your helmets out because the first row is going to be in danger. (laughs) I'm just trying to tell you, right? And it was like she just knew and understood that, look, I'm playing Rabakina. She got a big old game, and I got to beat her to the punch. It was first strike tennis. And I'm going to be honest with you, Bryce. This is the tennis I love. This is the tennis I miss. I miss the Lindsay Davenport-Venus matches, the Lindsay-Serena matches. Big babe tennis, as Mary Carrillo used to call it. To me, that was a big babe tennis match right there where they were just like, look, if I see it, I'm going to hit it and I'm going to go after it. I loved it. I thought it was an incredible match, to be very honest with you. Well, you know, I I think you make a very important distinction between just having a big game and also being aggressive. And there's another thing that I will draw as, you know, kind of a differentiator between the two is that, uh, and this kind of helps with the comparison of Rabakina to Lindsay Davenport. Mm-hmm. Rabakina is not the best mover. No. no. And, and so to me, Sabalenka had an edge on her there with movement because there were some times that Rabakina, it was like she didn't even flinch. <laughs> right. uh, it was like, you know what, I know I'm not going to even get nowhere close <laughs> to that ball, so I'm going to just let that thing go ahead and go. <laughs> so, you know, but she, but I'm telling you, once again, like we're saying about a soccery, and maybe we need to be saying about Sabalenka. Watch out for Rabakina this year because if you don't remember, the, this whole coronavirus quarantine thing mm-hmm. really disrupted Rabakina from a huge start she had last year. Correct. She, she was clowning, and it looks like she's starting to pick back up where she left off. And um, this just makes you excited for the tennis season. Absolutely, man. I mean, like I said, that match had me pretty jazzed. I was like, these women are hitting this ball. It was so good. I, I enjoyed that match a lot. I, you know, I just I just thought it was really good. And Rabakina should take, you know, she should still be extremely confident, even with the L. She played a great mm-hmm. match. And uh, like I said, look to continue to build on that in, in these next tournaments. But do not sleep. <laughs> On Rabakin, I'm telling no. you, don't and sleep made, on her. And look, and like you said, she made her seeding. She was the sixth seed, and uh, Sabalenka is the number four seed. So, yeah, she absolutely did what she was expected to do. Now, what are your thoughts about that semifinal between Sakari and Sabalenka? How do you see that Ooh, playing out? Man, I, you know, it, it's really hard to say because, because Sakari looks so good. <laughs> I mean, she, she looked good, yo. I mean, she is she is battling and she's she's figuring things out and and so it's hard to bet against her. And 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 but like I said, then you got Sabalenka who is riding this wave because remember she ended last season on the high. She yeah. was whip. She was whipping up on folks. Even whipped up on Azarenka. She you know Azarenka wasn't a hundred percent in that match they played, but still she whipped up on her. And it, I just I don't it. It is hard for me to call this one, bro. It really is. I don't. I would say I'm giving maybe fifty one percent, and I'm going to say Sabalenka. I don't know why, but oh. I just feel like I'm going to give her that one one percentage advantage, just because again, it's a fast hard court, and she knows how to be aggressive. She knows how to take the racket out of your hand. And and while I think Sakari can get on that level, I'm just not 100% sure if she'll be able to get over. But, th- but again, I, ah, yeah. Anyway. See, this will be good because I'm, I'm leaning the other way. 
Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning with Sakari because I think in this case, Sakari is the much better mover right. than Sabalenka. And I think she actually has more, it's hard to say weapons, but she has more variety, I think, in her but game. See, but see, that's going to be the thing. Will Sabalenka, similar to Anz Jabor, will she allow her to even be able to use that variety? Or is she just simply going to overpower her with that aggressiveness? Well, see, that, that is a difference between Jabur and Sakari. Sakari has way more power than Jabur. Yeah, that's true. That's so true. she will be that's able. True. Yeah, so she, you know, she'll be able. So and she's a better look, mover. <laughs> that is going to be right, right. So that is going to be a great semifinal. I think what we both can agree is that whoever wins that match is favored to win the tournament. Agree, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's going to be good. I can't wait to watch that match. <laughs> <laughs> so. For all of you, so as if that wasn't enough tennis going on, we also right now have the qualifying going on for the Australian Open. That's right. We have the men playing in Doha, and we have the women playing in – are they playing in Abu Dhabi? I think so. Oh, no, Dubai. Sorry, they're playing in Dubai. Oh, are they the, Dubai? Okay, okay. Yeah, the women are playing in Dubai. I knew – look. Dubai and Abu Dhabi, like, 30 minutes apart, so it's, <laughs> they, gotcha. they're right there. But, you know, they've made it through the first round um, of qualifying for, for both the men and the women. And, Isaac, I just – what I did is I just went through and I, I just made some very brief notes about a couple of the results. Um, starting on the men's side, uh, I just wanted to call out – I saw that Brandon – Nakashima lost in the first round, just continuing to reinforce that, you know, he can't really play outside of the, the abbreviated <laughs> world team tennis uh, scoring. Because, right? he, I, I mean, he looked like mini Djokovic in that, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's like, where, where's that guy? Where's, yeah, you and, know... now, and now he can't beat nobody. He acting like Tommy <laughs> Paul. So the other thing I noticed was... <laughs> Misha Zarev lost in the first round, which disappoints me because he's the one Zarev brother that has sense, and I wanted to see him uh, do well. I'm beginning to wonder about that, but anyway. <laughs> I'm sorry, like, hey, like you said with them, them Harrisons, I don't know. Them Zverevs might be the same way. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, you're wrong for that. Um, I also noticed that who lost in the first round, uh was Tommy Robredo, and I was like, "Right, who woke, <laughs> who woke him up?" I, I, I didn't even know Tommy. Right, I, I thought he was over there cleaning off clay courts in Spain somewhere. I, you know, hey, but who knew, know, man? Who well, knew? Well, maybe he should be. Um, I also noticed that Christopher Eubanks, American, <laughs> yeah. lost in the first round. And, and I, I'm just still perplexed why he has all of the weapons that yeah. he has. And he's not pulling it together. I just... Yeah, I'm drawing a blank on that one as well, bro. Because, you know, we followed Chris and we've seen some of his matches. And, I mean, just... He's got the height. He's got the. He's got really an aggressive game, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's a matter of dialing it back a little bit. Um, is, I don't know. Is he coached by Donald Young, Young Senior too? I mean, you know, I, I, you know, I'm just, 
I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to figure I, it out. I'm just trying you know? to understand, bro. That's all it is. <laughs> right. You know, um, uh, you know, I, I, you know, one of my mom's favorites, uh, Ernest Gilbus, I knows he lost, continuing to prove that money can't buy you wins. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> No, oh, I Ernest mean, it, Gilbis, oh. <laughs> right. I remember Ernest that forehand. Oh my goodness. Anyway, <laughs> right. But we did have some 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 people we like to win in the first round. You you know, good old Dustin Brown. He's always gonna keep entertaining us and oh, yeah. and, and keeping it popping there. That's right. Um, we also had uh, what's his name? Um, um, the guy. Uh, uh, what is it? Elias uh, Emer, one of the Emer brothers. Oh, yeah, the Emer brothers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah uh, he won. So yep. that was good. And then Michael Moe. Yeah, yeah. Won. Michael Moe got him a little W. That's that's good to see, for yeah, sure. So we're, we're hoping that that continues. Um, moving over to the women, uh, we, we had some, some interesting results there. We had Whitney Asagui uh, mm-hmm. win. Yesterday, yep. so go America, uh, and also Haley Baptiste. That's right. Uh, one, so an, uh, another American woman. Oh, and Sasha Vickery. So there, yeah, yeah. Don't African- forget about Sasha. So there's three African American women that all won their first round in qualifying. So, so that was good. Um, shout out to honorary sister uh, uh, Bouchard uh, for. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, uh, getting her a win. We, we want yes. to see her come through. And then also right. to our, our Cincinnati native, Katie McNally. She mm-hmm. got a win uh, last night. And then uh, finally, a shout out to uh, our moms on tour, Parankava. Yes, yes. I like Parankava. Yes. Yesterday. So that was, you know, we've got some good results coming. So, you know, good luck to those who are still in the qualifying, right. uh, hoping that you make it to the the main draw. So, Isaac, do we want to kind of see uh, if we've got anybody out there that wants to come up? I know now, Miles. Yeah. I know you want Miles. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to come on up and and talk to us for a bit. Absolutely. Um, while we're waiting for. Uh, miles uh to to come up hopefully um you know this is as a reminder to everyone with the tennis schedule this is going to be kind of funky here the next several weeks because these tournaments are going to be ending here in the next you know couple of days and then the players are going to go into their quarantining in uh in melbourne for the australian open so there's not going to be any tennis really going on for a couple of weeks. So, um, hey, Miles. Hey, fellas, I had to get my earphones in so you guys can hear me. Can you hear me? Yeah, yes, we, can, we can. We can hear you. So, um, just kind of before we get to you, wrapping up that thought, with the with the tours kind of being, uh, all the players being in quarantine for the next couple of weeks, uh, we won't have really any tennis to talk about in two weeks. So, um, but when we come back, there are five events that are happening in yep. Melbourne before back back, the back. Australian Open. You, w- there are going to be two uh, men's 250 tournaments. There are going to be two women's 500-level tournaments. 
and there's going to be the ATP Cup. So basically, almost everybody that's going to be at the Australian Open is going to be playing one of those events. So uh, we're going to have a lot of tennis to talk about going into um, the start of the Australian. So, Miles, you heard us talking about the, the tennis we've been watching this week. What have been your thoughts? Do you agree with us, disagree with us? What are you thinking? I'm completely on the Sakari train. I think that she... Well, going back, I remember when she played Venus at the 2017 U.S. Open, and I bookmarked her because, one, I was so impressed by her arms. (laughs) (laughs) She's cut, and she's a great mover, and she doesn't do anything bad on the court, so it's kind of nice to see her building and building. And then those matches she played in Serena uh, when the tour came back in New York were really indicative of kind of the work she had put in and the level she wanted to jump. So I'm really, she is an outside name for me to kind of do what Swiatek did at the French Open. Not that, you know, not that uh, no one knew who Sakari is, but people aren't really, really ready to put her name on an Australian Open trophy. But if she plays well and keeps going, she could definitely be in the mix to be a semifinalist or a finalist. And the same with uh, Rybakina, or Rybakina, excuse me, Rybakina and Sabalenka, those are all names that are uh, sub-23, sub-24, that I'm hoping to kind of create a little bit of a rivalry on tour. So I'm excited. If, if, if Abu Dhabi is a, a microcosm of what the tour is going to look like this year, then we are in. Yeah, well, I tell you what, um, you know, those names that you just you just spoke of, Sakari, Rabakina, and um, uh, Sabalenka. I tell you what, those are people that other players are going to be ch- are going to be checking for them in the draw. They are going to be checking. For, they're going to be checking to see if they're in their se- in their section. Nobody's going to want to look up and see Sakari in the third round or you, you know Rabakina in the second round. Those are not those are not matchups that are good for your health. And they'll make you run, especially Sakari. And Sabalenka, I, I, I definitely see where you said <laughs> you need your helmet because sometimes she just goes off the rails. But I do appreciate the fact that she keeps swinging and she understands the gears of her game. A lot of other players don't understand how to kind of get out of their out of their own way. And I think she made a comment about um, – I, I think when she was down those set points against Hercog, she made a comment to the press or after – after the the, uh, match that she didn't have a forehand, didn't have a serve, but she had her character. I think she really understands that she is a battler and she can fight a lot better than a lot of the girls on the tour. So she kind of has that extra oomph that I'm ready to see go big at an Australian Open or a Grand Slam because that's really all she's missing to really be a contender for these big big titles is that we haven't seen her go deeper than the fourth round. So if she does that, Hopefully she doesn't get the Scudalina nerves in her, but I'm excited to see her kind of build at the biggest stages of the of the of the uh, sport. That's, that's yeah. what she's missing. That's really what she's missing. You're exactly right, uh, Miles. I'm I'm right there with you. I think again, sometimes when you have that aggressive style, you have to play a little bit. You know, you have to kind of you know <laughs> hit hit the back fence a few times, if you will, so that you understand how to then how to corral. Dial the back. Yeah. Exactly. How to bring it back in. And I feel like that's what she's getting now. She's figuring out 
How do I bring it in? How do I get more consistent? And it's like you said, and we have, Bryce and I talked about this even a year ago. I even said going into 2019, into 2020, that she was going to be fighting for her spot in the top 10. And she was trying to knock some women out. And I feel like she's finally at that point where she's like, yo, I'm about to be legitimate top 10, if not legitimate top five. And, and I expect to see her on the back end of, of some of these Grand Slam tournaments, in my opinion. Like I said, she's still got a little bit more corralling she needs to do. But overall, she's got the game, man. And I think her mental is catching up. And mind you, this is the same person that was down 6 11, 5 11, came back and won last season. So right. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> I just want to see her break the fourth round curse because a lot of players kind of have that. I think I think Sakari has never been to a, a quarterfinal of a major. Uh, neither has Rebakana. So a lot of them kind of have some some proving to do at the biggest stages of the of the sport. So I would like to see at least one of those three names kind of get that deep into the tournament. Okay. I just wanted to give an update. Uh, Tiafo did take that second set against Nori six three, and they are one one in the third. So. Um, really hoping that Tiafo uh, goes ahead and pulls this one out because I'm, for me, that quarter um, Tiafo match would be a popcorn match for me. Ooh, for real, brother. For Tiafo real. What do you think really on that match? Yeah, 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 go on, Miles. What do you think about that matchup and talk a little bit about Foe? The only match I've seen Foe play in Delray Beach was the match against, uh, why am I blanking on my brother's name? Donald Young. Donald Young. Yeah. That yep. he looked, he looked really, really strong. I think that was a bit of a, a matchup to more of Foe's wheelhouse. And hopefully, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I haven't seen any of the match against him and Nori. So hopefully, it's, he's, Nori's not giving him like the left, the left-handed beat down, the left-handed tricks. But I think, <laughs> I think in general, Foe came into 2021 ready. He looks much uh, bigger, not in a way where it's just like. He is eating and not working out, but he's really put on solid mass. Hopefully that results in a bigger ball because he has the legs. It's just the fact that he really needs to almost be more aggressive and maybe take a slice of a Sabalenka because he has it, but sometimes he doesn't use it and he's so willing to kind of slide and slip and slide in the back of the court, and that's really not going to get him the biggest the biggest title. So I think, you know, out, like, out of the gate he looks good, but I just want to see him keep keep improving. Right, right, exactly. I mean, he, he's you know he's got the game, he's got the athleticism. I feel like it's just that mental piece again, shot selection, sure. making sure that you're yeah. making the right decisions at the right times, and and that's where Wayne Ferrer, Ferreira to me comes into play. I, I I feel like like I said, he he needs to kind of help him with those tactics, and if he can get some of those things down. I think that he will have a very good chance of finishing the year as a top American. I really, he needs really a do. a little bit of a mean streak. Hopefully, Wayne can bring that in, bring that into him because he he almost likes all the players against him on the other side of the court a little bit too much. It's nice to have camaraderie with the other players in your sport, but we need you to win. So you exactly. need to kind of you, you got to hate him a little bit. It's a slice at least until that match is over with, and he kind of just has that jovial. I'm here to have fun, which is awesome. Like, that's a great character trait to have. But we, we need a little bit of more more discipline, a little bit more fire to get you some, some major wins, I think. I think that's what he's missing a little bit. Agreed. So, so uh, Miles, before we let you go, um, you know, listeners, Miles is one of our, our favorite guests to have up on the show. But um, I think it's important that you know that Miles has his own podcast as well. Uh, Miles, you want to take a few minutes and, 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 and talk about your show? Uh, uh, especially you can name those Southern University episodes if you want to. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, yes, I am a podcast host. The name of the podcast is Missing the Point with Miles David, which is me. So a lot of my content is basically bridging the gap between pop culture and tennis. I find that the, the, the current trend of tennis is getting older and people are less interested in what goes around tennis. And I feel like when it comes to pop culture, people have no idea what goes on in tennis. So I'm trying to bridge those gaps and make it entertaining for both sets of people who are interested in what's going on in pop culture and what's the latest uh, happening on Instagram and what's the latest happening on the WTA and ATP side. So it's a little bit of everything and a couple of rants in between about who is completely missing the point, whether they're in tennis or in uh, the outside world. So it's entertaining. Uh, I, I like to to bring up the hot topics and get people laughing and, you know, just cause conversation. And, and obviously with the Southern University episodes, I'm bringing people that are in my own life to have conversations about what they're going through. So it's a very conversational kind of thing. So that's what I have going on. So listeners, you know, if you're looking for uh, another entertaining podcast to uh, listen to, check out our boy Miles David. I I really do enjoy his podcast. And uh, I, Miles, I assume you're out there on all the platforms. Yeah, you can download it wherever you listen to, to podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're on it. Um, and it's, it's just growing. It's, it's something that, like, I, like I've said before, you guys have definitely been a point of inspiration for me to believe that I can actually do it and have my own, you know, audience and have it actually be a, a give and take and actually build something here. So that's what I'm trying to do. Ah, thank you, brother. That's Appreciate a beautiful that. thing. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. So, well, what we're going to do now is we're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. And, um, you know, Isaac, any final words you want to say about this great tennis uh, that's uh, going on right now? Yeah, man, just I think that we have had a wonderful start to the season. Um, there is a lot going on as it relates to trying to, you know, get this Australian Open going. And, um, you know, they were talking about it. And, uh, you know, Craig Tiley, who is in uh, Tennis Australia, and I mean, they're working hard. There's a lot of things that they have to get, get you know, get by a lot of different entities that they're working with. And so, you know, just just uh, keep your fingers crossed that they are able to, you know, handle all of the things that are popping up. Because, uh, again, this pandemic ain't no joke. And I think Australia as a whole has been doing very well as it relates to the pandemic. So, And they're not trying to put that at risk. So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they're like, look, y'all can be crazy if y'all want. But we over here, we're going to keep it on lock. <laughs> and um, and they're doing a great job. And so, you know, just fingers crossed that that we're able to, you know, have this event. And, um, and I mean, we are going to have I, I, at least I feel pretty confident that we'll have the event. Um, but, yeah, just special thoughts for those that are that are uh, in the works and trying to make it happen, because I can only imagine all of the chaos that is uh, happening on a daily basis trying to uh, trying to make it go. So just wanted to throw that out there. But outside of that, bro, I'm just ecstatic. I have to say, Bryce. This past Saturday and Sunday has probably been the best weekend I've had in in so long that I can remember. Because not only did I get live tennis, but I also got three NFL playoff games <laughs> right. on Saturday and Sunday. You, right. better, you better know I did not walk out this house, son. I'm trying to tell you. I was getting my football and my tennis on, and it was a glorious, glorious weekend. So, I yes. know. That's right. <laughs> How about you, brother? How you feeling? I'm I'm excited. Like I said, it's just, you know, I got to kind of get my sleep schedule right, you know, now, you know, we've kind of got tennis on almost 20, 
four seven right now. But yeah, I'm excited and I'm looking forward to seeing the even larger names uh, hit the courts after we hit you know this period that they go through quarantining. So. Mm-hmm. Um, what we want to do is we want to let all of our listeners know if you're listening to us live, we're going to get ready to go jump on our Instagram live uh, and to have our what we call our after show. There's a few things that we still want to talk about. There's some stuff about Roger and Zarev and Yastrzemska that we want to get into. And um, so join us over there on Instagram live. But, you know, Thank you for listening to this show on Locker Room. Um, if you liked our live show, please be sure to to think about, you know, creating your own room and, and engaging with other fans on the app. I know just the other day, Miles started a room to talk about the Tiafo Donald Young match. And so I jumped in there and we talked for quite a while and some people joined in. So take advantage of the functionality that this unique app has. Uh, and as always, you know, Feel free to download, if you're listening to this on the podcast, to download the Locker Room app uh, at the Apple App Store and and be a part of our podcast like you heard us bring Miles up tonight. Uh, We're here every Monday night at 6 o'clock p.m. Pacific Time, 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern, and we will be back next week. So with that being said, this has been your boy Bryce. And this is your boy Isaac. And we are Brothers on Tennis. Everyone have a wonderful week.